It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. How we entertain family and friends has certainly changed these days. Are there safe and creative ways to do it? AJC reporter Rosalind Bentley and I were talking a few weeks ago and shared our own experiences, and we wondered what the experts had to say about it. How do people who plan parties for a living handle entertaining now? How do they counsel clients? How do they entertain in their own homes with others? Rosalind also spoke with an assistant professor of psychiatry to find out about our shifting perceptions of risk. No matter what, it's always a good idea to listen to the medical and scientific experts in a changing pandemic landscape. Let's see what Rosalind found out. Welcome. Hey, Shane. How are you? I'm good. And you? Um, surviving, like we all yeah. are, trying to make sense of it. <laughs> right. But yeah, like I said, with the other week we were talking about, you know, entertaining at home. I think that day I was having some people over outside um, and, you know, it, it makes me anxious. Um Every time, no matter what. So I, I mean, I agree with you, and I think that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of people can can connect to. Um, even us who interview um, public health experts and everyone who is trying to help solve the problem um, of this pandemic, they give us all these tips, and we figure we're armed. We have everything we need. We can do this safely. And then it comes down to the moment when we send out the invitation. And I can just tell you personally, um, we have entertained at our house a grand total of once since March with other people. Took all precautions. But I have to tell you, I have never been more nervous and to some degree embarrassed in my life. And I questioned, is this worth it? You want the human contact, but is this worth the anxiety that it produces? 
Yeah, it's true. And, and you know, we have here done it three times, um, all times outdoors. Uh, you know, we're lucky enough to have a deck in the back where people can just come around to the side and stay on the back deck. We can, um, you know, put chairs far enough apart. But of course, at some point, people are going to need to use the restroom. Um, you know, they're going to go in the house. But, you know, you can do that one at a time. Um, but you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to, you know, put these rules into place when you're, you know, trying to have a good time, really. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, when we did it, we said no bathroom and that was the hardest line I ever had to write on right. an invitation. It just, it just is antithetical to the way I like to entertain because you want to be welcoming. You want your yeah. guests to be comfortable, you know, right. And that's difficult because we're concerned that if someone comes into the house, are they going to keep on their mask? Are they going to touch a lot of surfaces in the bathroom? It just, it's anxiety producing. And so that's one of the reasons I thought, I wonder how party planners are dealing with this in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard because you, you know, you miss your friends, you miss your family, you, you miss human contact. We all do. Um, And, you know, you can talk to them on the phone, you can even FaceTime or Skype or whatever, but it's just not the same. And so you want to try to see one another. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to be, you know, you have to be on the same page, make sure that you know, everybody understands the rules of engagement here. Exactly. Um, That's, you know, and that's tough because that's, you know, you, you, like you say, you want to be welcoming and you want to be, you know, uh, a great host and, and, you know, give people all the things that they need to feel comfortable. But frankly, nobody feels particularly comfortable right now. Mm -mm. No, they don't. And that's one of the things in talking with, um, several of not only the party planners, but a couple of associate uh, psychology professors, one in particular who is at Emory Jordan Katie, and she talked about this, how we weigh risk in this moment. And, you know, one of the things that she said is that people have gotten a couple of different messages well, at least a couple throughout the pandemic. In the beginning, we were told, don't wear a mask. You know, you don't need that. And then the next thing you know, it was, okay, yeah, you could still have people over, but no more than 50 people. And then it became mm, maybe no more than 35 people. Then it became no more than 10 people. Then right. it became, you know, don't even let anybody on your front porch. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. But the... That mixed messaging, if you will, and then, you know, it also came back to, yes, you should wear a mask. That mixed messaging, um, Professor Katie says, uh, confused a lot of people and it made them decide that they would have to make the decisions because there were so many conflicting um messages out there. And so they would have to weigh um, their desire for human connection, their desire for just a moment of fun with um, 
the very real risk of catching a disease that can be, if not um, crippling, it can kill you. And so um, that weighing of risk uh, is pretty difficult. And she said that it's, there's no, uh, how do you say this? There's no one way to calculate that risk. Some of the things right. that you mentioned, Shane, if you invite people over, you might want to make certain that everybody that you are inviting over is on the same, let's say, COVID page as you. And that means, have they been practicing safe behaviors in their own right. home? Have they been wearing masks? Have they been using hand sanitizer? And one thing across the board uh, that Dr. Katie said and other people that we spoke with is that you really have to keep your entertaining for now outdoors, that that is, it's not a, it's not perfect, but it is your best option to stay safe. Right. Right. And, you know, that's in in Atlanta right now, uh, you know, July, August, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not exactly an optimal time. Uh, to take your entertaining outdoors, I suppose, for uh, for many. Uh, it gets pretty hot. So, uh, But I guess with the fall season coming up, it's probably a good thing to keep in mind all these, um, you know, these tips and things that, that people have for us uh, because that could be a great time to do it if you feel the need to do it. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, they stressed was this whole idea of when guidance initially came out about being around other people, we heard the phrase social distancing, keep at least six feet apart from you and the next person, especially if neither one of you is wearing a face covering, which we know at this point, while face coverings and masks have become political, we also know that that is some of your very best protection, uh, against spreading the virus, right? But what Dr. Katie said was that people began to kind of confuse and conflate this whole idea of social distance versus physical distance. She's saying that perhaps if the messaging had been physical distance, that would have, our brains would have perhaps processed that differently. And that Hmm. might have meant then right? That you can still be social. You just can't be within six feet of each other. You just can't be in close proximity. And that messaging of social distancing, that was the trigger, she believes, for a lot of people. And they took it to, as she says, an extreme, which in the beginning made sense, right? We didn't know how easily the um, virus could be spread, but we pulled back so much that it became unsustainable. It's just like if you go on a, you know, I'm just going to have cayenne pepper, water, and grapefruit, you know, (laughs) as a weight loss, a quick weight loss, um, Uh, 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 regime, 
you can't live off that in the long term. You can't. It's unsustainable. And right. having no physical contact uh, with other people um, in the very long term is unsustainable and some to some right. degree is necessary now. But Dr. Katie says that we pulled back to unsustainable levels. That's why we see people now trying to um, entertain, go to parties, right. but probably right. not in the right way. When you're right. talking about people having parties of 100, 700 people right. in the Hamptons yeah. with no masks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's really fascinating that, you know, just a word, uh, the difference of a word, like physical and social. <clears throat> I, it, it's fascinating how that, how, how people register that differently and, and how that has affected how we view all of this long term. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Exactly. I mean, that, 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 that physical connection that has everything. Well, let's, let's say the social connection has everything to do with helping to maintain a positive mood, um, upbeat emotion. It helps you fight against the blues. Um, so that's, not an easy thing to do when you're told stay away, which is what the party planners I spoke with for our story that listeners can go and visit on AJC.com, uh, pandemic partying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was our shorthand for it. But uh, right. party planners were saying that their business obviously fell dramatically in the early days of the pandemic, particularly when things shut down. Now, it's starting to pick up a bit, but what they are finding is that when they pick up, um, the gatherings just aren't as large. You're right. talking people who might have spent several hundred dollars on a very large birthday party or maybe a couple thousand on a large birthday party are now really, really pulling back. And they're just doing a party for six people. And the six people are all members of the same family who live under right. the same roof. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, although, you know, we, we now have people going back to school and mm -hmm. being, you know, in large groups, um, you know, and I wonder, I wonder if that's going to, you know, translate to people going out and having more parties again. Um, you know, if, if they see it can be done there, of course, that, you know, everything seems to be an experiment at this time. Um, so I suppose it will depend on how all of this turns out. I suppose. But I mean, and this is a conversation that Shane, even you and I had, um, early on when we were thinking about doing this story, uh, the idea of it's really not safe right now to be around a lot of people at the same time, right. particularly indoors. And there was this concern of, is it even responsible to be talking about how do you entertain in the middle of a pandemic? And I think you, Shane, right. made the uh, comparison based on something that you read that you can kind of compare it in some ways to um, what was it? Abstinence only um, right. education, sex education. Like, right. Right. And I mean, because the, the thing is that you, you can tell people not to do something, but oftentimes 
telling them not to do something is going to make them want to do it even more. Um, and so maybe the responsible thing is to give them the tools to do it in a safe way, in the safest way possible. You know, there, there probably isn't a completely safe way to do this. Um, you know, unless, you know, if you're outdoors, everyone stays six feet apart at all times. Yeah, it could be pretty safe, I imagine. But, you know, things happen, people are people, and they make mistakes. And so, you know, you have to give people the tools to make good decisions and to uh, to do things in the best way possible, I think. Yes, I mean, and for people who maybe don't know at this point or haven't ex- um, done their own entertaining, there are some guidelines uh, that public health officials have put out. They would prefer it if you would do any entertaining indoors that you do should only be people in your household, right? right. That that's, yeah. that's, that's the first order of, of, of business. But if you decide to invite people outside of your household over, then it really needs to be outside. You should mm-hmm. ask the guests to wear masks. Well, first of all, everybody needs to be on the same pandemic page. And that means right. you wouldn't want to invite people over to your house who eh, maybe wear masks sometimes when you and your family wear masks all the time, right? You want to right. make sure yeah. that everybody is is um, taking the same amount of precaution. So right. you invite right. folks outside, you set up your chairs in such a way that they are grouped by household and that mm-hmm. they are, let's say, at least six feet apart. You can encourage right. guests if they don't want to sit in your chairs, you can encourage guests to bring their own outdoor chairs, right? right? Yeah. You can require them to wear masks. If you can also, as I can tell you, we have done, you can ask them It may be antithetical to the way you entertain outside of a pandemic, but you can ask them to bring essentially BYOE, bring your own everything. Please bring your own food, bring your own drinks, bring your own um, utensils and serveware so that no one is sharing or handling anything communally. You may be fellowshipping and enjoying each other's company, but you want to keep everything separate. Or if you as a host or hostess want to supply your guests with things, then you need to safely assemble um, small disposable packages of either utensils, well, not either, but utensils, paper napkins, maybe even a small trash bag. Um, Right. If you want to make individual charcuterie trays, please go ahead and do that. Yeah. But yeah, that's like, I, I I'm familiar with it. It's like I've made I everything I have made for people has been individual. You don't do the family style these days, so exactly. Yeah, I went yeah. I went to um, someone's home. It was outdoors. We went and thought that the folks took it seriously, and to some degree, I they really did, but. They had individual um, little ramekins for dip. But then when some of the other things came out, there was one um, 
uh, set of serving tongs to use. And right. my partner and I looked at each other and we just froze. We we're like, yeah. like, how do we, do you announce, I'm not touching that. Or do you <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but going back to what public health officials say is you don't want to do that. You don't want anything in the experience to be communal. If you're fortunate enough to have a pool, it's fine to let other people swim. It's just that if alcohol is involved or if you're so happy and so thrilled to see each other that you begin to let your guard down and you get too close, you don't want that to happen either. Because right. what transmission, while probably not as much by shared touch surfaces, certainly respiratory droplets. So you want to make sure, right? Yeah, right. that people yeah, are yeah. a good distance apart. Yeah, as you say, I mean the you know the science on this is is ever changing, and that's the way it always is. Um, you know, when we have some new disease and and we're trying to understand it, it will change um, the way we understand how it's how it is transmitted. And, you know, they say that now, you know, surfaces are, are probably not a major source of that, um, that it's mostly respiratory droplets. So proximity to people, but you know, that doesn't mean that it, you know, to stop washing your hands or to stop carrying sanitizer or to stop using, you know, disinfecting wipes and all of that. So you know, just take all of the precautions that, that really make you feel comfortable and make your guests feel comfortable as well. Exactly. One of the party planners that I spoke with, she, two things, I thought this was really actually fascinating. She and her husband had a an anniversary. Uh, I think it was their sixth, yes, their sixth wedding anniversary. This was Tiffany Guthrie, who does TMG events. She and her husband had their sixth wedding anniversary, and she really wanted to make it special. So she decorated with balloons that were, you know, the colors from their wedding. I think it was like purple and gold and cream. And they hired a chef to come out and cook for them. They set everything up in their backyard. Um, the chef arrived. She said that he set up, cleaned his hands with hand sanitizer, put on a mask, made their food. As a couple, they wore masks until they were served their meal. You know, right. then they took them off. Uh, then they had music, they danced, the chef packed up everything and left. Um, and then she said she and her husband then, you know, were free to take off their masks. And then they right. spent the rest of the evening under the stars dancing. She says it was lovely. Yeah. Juxtapose that, though, with a baby shower that she did uh, around the same time. It was at an event hall that had reopened because the governor's order now allows venues, event halls to be open with only, uh, I think a certain amount of people. It can't be yeah. over, I think 50, but again. Yeah, it, I think it changed a couple of times the amount of people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But she did the shower, 38 people. There was a DJ. There was a bartender. 
There were caterers who served food. The food was not set out for people to serve themselves. Right. But there were tables set up, you know, was, uh, you know, again, lovely colors. I think, you know, navy and, you know, baby blue and taupe and gold, uh, all sorts of decorations to welcome this new baby. But there were people seated six to eight to a round table. Right. Tiffany told me that she set everything up, wearing a mask, gloves, you know, props to make the room look nice. She then left, but people came, they stayed, they ate. And then she came back, broke down all of her props and uh, things associated with making the event look pretty, wipe things down to put in her car. But she herself was pregnant at the time mm, and right. knew it. And I asked her, you know, you didn't stay for the party. That was a lot of people in an enclosed space. Right. Were you yeah. afraid? And she said, I was not afraid, but I was extra cautious. And so right. again, you go back to what health experts say, which is this natural and human desire for connection, which isn't going to go away despite a surge in cases in either your city or state. You juxtapose this human urge with this mitigation, if you will, of risk. Right. And a survival instinct, really. Well, a survival instinct, but then also there's also the financial survival instinct for people who do this for a living, who in a previous life, that's how they made their living. They did parties and weddings and that sort of thing. So it's it's really a mix. It's really mixed. Right. Well, I mean, I think it just all comes down to our individual level of comfort with with whatever situation we're, you know, we're going to be in. Um, you know, unfortunately, some people are, are forced to be in situations where they may not be comfortable. Um, but the situations that we can control, um, you know, it's probably, it, it, we, we should. We should do what we can to control the situations we can control and, you know, our own comfort level with mm-hmm. it and make sure that the people that we are interacting with are on the same page as we are. Correct. Because the bottom line is this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We could be in for the long haul. And so the way we come up with creative ways, uh, even another party planner that I um, spoke with, uh, Danielle Mays, who runs XOXO Danny, um, she also... Uh, works for um, corporate media. Um, besides having her own company, she does corporate uh, events as well. And she told mm-hmm. me that that is one of the things that they are concerned about and are trying to find creative ways to entertain, particularly as it gets colder. Because if you live in mm-hmm. Miami, you can probably entertain outside <laughs> year round as long right. as there's not a hurricane. In the yeah. offing. But for a lot of folks, it's going to get really, really cold. So yeah. how, how do you do that? 
how do you do that yeah. safely? So there's just, even here in Atlanta, it can get cold here. So we are going to have to figure out the amount of risk we are willing to take, whether we, we're going to have to figure out the amount of risk we're willing to take. We're going to have to acknowledge personal responsibility. Most likely that's what experts have told me in this, as we make these choices and we're going to have to hunker down. So they tell me because this is not anything that we will be rid of in the very short term. Right. And, you know, whatever happens, no matter what, you know, this will likely change everything going forward, no matter, you know, if there's a vaccine tomorrow or whatever, this has permanently changed the way that we will do things, um, I, I believe. I mean, it, it can't help but change the way we do things because it's been such a, um, a huge shift um, in our culture. Really? Exactly. Exactly. As I said, I think I told you, cleaning out closets here, I'm looking at all these giant serveware platters I had, <laughs> you know, yeah. and chafing dishes and thinking, yeah. I'm never using that again. Who's going to be? <laughs> right, right. All of the communal the communal things that we we use at uh, in parties and such uh, may be a thing of the past, at least for a while. At least for a while. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Roz. I really appreciate it. It's it's. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this because, like I said, we talked about it weeks ago and about our own experiences, and it's great to hear from experts uh, about uh, their experiences with this. <laughs> Exactly. Well, thank you again for um, having me. And uh, if there's one thing that uh, the experts leave us with, it's that be careful about the number of people that you have over, probably no more than six. Have everyone wear masks. Keep yourselves six feet apart. Don't share serveware. Don't share drinking bottles. Do none of that, but try to have a good time because yeah. laughter and joy are just a couple of the things that just might help us weather this. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had. And we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience. And the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. On Labor Day weekend, Decatur usually welcomes 60,000 book lovers to the downtown square, where they mingle with best-selling authors, watch parades, attend panels, and more. This year, though, that won't be happening. Instead, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Decatur Book Festival is going virtual. It's the 15th edition of the festival, but instead of gathering in Decatur, fans will have the opportunity to attend from anywhere in the world with 40 different virtual panels and discussions and author presentations taking place throughout the month of September. The AJC's Bo Emerson has all the info, including an interview with Emory University professor and poet Jericho Brown, who will get the AJC Decatur Book Festival underway on September 4th. 
Read the complete story at AJC.com. Dad's Garage has been bringing the last to Atlanta for 25 years now, and the company will celebrate with a 25-hour marathon of live and taped performances on its Twitch live streaming channel, starting at 7 p.m. Friday, August 7th. Rodney Ho brings us the details and takes a look at the history of this scrappy little theater and talks with some of the folks who have been instrumental in the company's success. He also talks with current artistic director John Carr about the future of Dad's Garage. You'll find the story on Rodney Ho's radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. Many restaurants are back in dine-in service mode with many adjustments, of course, but some are still relying heavily on takeout. The AJC's dining team is still exploring some of the best in takeout with the Atlanta Orders In feature, which you'll find in print in the living section Monday through Friday. Recent visits include Marietta's acclaimed fine dining spot, Spring, where Chef Brian So has brought the flavors of his Korean roots to the restaurant's takeout menu, and Grant Park's spot, Full Commission, where the offerings often reflect owner David Traxler's Mississippi upbringing. You can find all of the places the team has visited on the Atlanta Restaurant Scene blog at AJC.com. And to get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. Outside might just be the best place to spend time these days. We could all use the fresh air, and it's a lot easier to keep your distance in these wide-open spaces. If you decide to get some exercise, or at least fresh air, there are plenty of places throughout Metro Atlanta where you can sit, read a book, throw a football, or take a walk and enjoy all of nature's beauty. Freelance writer Mary Welch offers a list of nine spots close by to commune with nature. Find out which spots she chose and why at AJC.com. And as always, the AJC is dedicated to keeping you up to date with all the latest cancellations and reschedulings. And we'll give you details on any events that are still happening, whether in person or online. Stay in the know at AJC.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.